Sisters and brothers of the Western North Dakota Synod, welcome to another episode of Unexpected Surprises, the podcast of the Western North Dakota Synod. It's always a joy to be with you in these conversations as we discover the many ways that God is active and alive across our congregations, across our synod, and in every corner of God's good creation through our church. My guest today is Pastor Randy Emgarten. Pastor Randy serves at Our Savior's Lutheran Church in Mercer, North Dakota, and St. Olaf Lutheran Church in rural Turtle Lake, North Dakota. Please join me in welcoming Pastor Randy to this conversation on Unexpected Surprises. So sisters and brothers of the Western North Dakota Synod, welcome, and um, it's just great to have you back on another episode of Unexpected Surprises, the podcast of our Synod. Um, my guest today is Pastor Randy Emgartner, and Pastor Randy served at uh, our, our Savior's Lutheran in Mercer and St. Olaf Lutheran in rural Turtle Lake, right north of Turtle Lake. Um, Pastor Randy, thanks for being here. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what brings you to Western North Dakota. Oh, I'm a pastor. What else can I say? Um, I'm a pastor, therefore I am. I love my job, and it does have a tendency to kind of take over, and I love that. I've served uh, St. Olaf and Our Savior since August 1st of 1998, and I have fallen in love with these two communities and the churches that I have the honor of serving and working with. That's uh, been fun. Uh, to live in the center part of the state. I'm an hour's drive from Bismarck and an hour drive from Minot. And it's amazing for being two little towns, how busy and how active they are. And uh, yeah, still loving every minute of it after 24 years. So I, I know that you're a prairie kid, yes, but not of North Dakota prairie. True. I'm from Watertown, South Dakota, born and raised. And so I'm used to being surrounded by lakes. In Watertown, we have Lake Compesca, Lake Pelican, and here it's Brush Lake, Crooked Lake, yep, um, yep. Brecken. Yep. So, yep. yeah, I, I love the lake country. That's huh. true. This is kind of a, a bit of lake country of North Dakota, that's for sure. sure. That's a good way to say it. Yeah, that's a yep. good way to say it. And so, and so, But you also did your internship out here. Is that right? I did. I did my inter- internship in Crosby. Uh, from 97 to 98, starting out with Charlie Axness, yep. uh, switching to Charles Taft, and also a short time with Jeff Tangsadal and Bishop Danielson. Yep, 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 yep. So that's, I mean, those are four fairly uh, uh, well-known names across the Synod and the Synod's history, that's for sure. Yep, that's yeah. true. Yeah. And so you went back to seminary and you ended up being assigned out in Western North Dakota. Is that how you... Well, true, I was back. assigned, but let's be honest, I begged to come back. And oh, wow. even after the worst winter ever, I made a special trip down from Crosby to Bismarck, a four-hour drive, to specifically meet with Danielson to ask, what, do it, was, what will it take for me to come back to the Senate? Huh. Um, because I thought the pastors were very creative. I've, it's not the easiest place to live, but it's the best friends I've ever made. Tell me a little bit about that. What did that? What did that? Where did that click for you that you were like, no, I want to serve on the prairie and I want to be in Western North Dakota? Oh man, <clears throat> I don't. I don't think people in North Dakota understand a South Dakota boy. <laughs> um, South Dakota is divided in two. The river divides the state in two. Yep. You're either from East River or West River. Yep. I've heard and that I'm before. An, I'm an East River boy, and Watertown's three and a half hours from Minneapolis. And so we kind of look east, and so we don't even look west. Right. 
if uh, Western South Dakota didn't have the Black Hills and Rapid City, they'd have nothing. At least that's our point of view in Eastern. Huh. So when I was first called in my seminary room by Charles Charlie Axness saying, I want you. And I said, where's Crosby? Well, it's Western <laughs> North Dakota. And I was from Eastern, and we made waste too many jokes about East, Western parts of the state. Yeah. I couldn't believe I was going to the Western part of the state. Um, so even with that bias coming out here, you're asking me, I'm not exactly sure when I fell in love with Western North Dakota, but I tell you, the people, the friends that I've made in Crosby are lifelong friends. Yeah, yeah. And I said, we always joke about, you can see the end of the world up there. Yeah. Um, you can hit seek on your car radio station and it just keeps sailing through everything. Yep. Um, it wasn't an easy year, but I loved it. Well, and it was, you know, among the history of the entire state and probably for centuries before that, that was one of the hardest, the hardest winters we've ever endured, you know, I mean, yep. the 97 floods and the snowstorms and everything else. Yep. So that was awesome. And so you came back and you went right to Turtle Lake Mercer. Yes. That's where you came. And you've been here? I've been here. I can tell you I was assigned to this place because Charlie Axness said he wanted my first uh, first call to be a two-point no secretary, and he wanted to see what I can do. And when I was in my dorm room at Luther and Stoop Hall, I read the Vita of the paperwork, and it's like, Charlie chose the spot. I huh. know he did. And uh, went through the interviews here, and I decided to come. And you said earlier today in our conversations, I'm actually at um, St. Olaf and Our Saviors. This is a Sunday uh, when we're recording this at Our Saviors and had just offered a con- congregational visit. And so I talked Pastor Randy into, into being a guest on the podcast. Um, but you had said earlier in it that this, this con- these congregations and their cooperative ministries had largely been used to a pastor coming for three or four, maybe five years, and then moving on to their second call. I would say my predecessors for the last 20-some years have been, my my immediate predecessor, three years to the day, they yeah. left. Yeah. Uh, Craig Larson, probably four and a half, then it was three, and I think Russell Rhodes was probably three and a half, very short term. So one Norwegian, one German heritage congregation, yes. both early 1900 plants. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about St. Olaf. What's that congregation like? Very much Norwegian. Um, what intimidates me about preaching at St. Olaf is that they're very well read. They're very well educated. And so I have to know my background as I speak in front of them. And I have trained them to the point that they'll ask questions. During the sermon? During the sermon. Oh, I fun. love that. that well, I should actually, have done that today. <laughs> um, yeah, you always could. Um my undergrad is education, okay. so I like that teacher element. Yep. And if a teacher knows that a student's paying attention, it's it's an incredible feeling. Yeah. So St. Olaf is just a fun church, uh, very loyal to each other, uh, strong pillars, families of St. Of Olaf. Uh, that church will stand strong because of the loyalty they have for each other and for that ministry. Yep. And it's right off Highway 41, if you're ever driving north, uh, right off of Highway 41, a few miles north of Turtle Lake Direct, and yep. stop in and, and worship. You can't miss the big metal sign welcoming you in and inviting you to church at 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning. So. That's true. My house is just a block north of that. Yeah, yeah. And so. and uh, and our Saviors in Mercer, right in the heart of the town. Um, yeah. What's that congregation like? 
Uh, I would say it's very German. It's uh, right now we have a lot of young families that are joining, and it's it's hard to believe that a town of ninety people have this many young families. And so it's fun hearing the kids run and play. It's the sounds. I'm the youngest of a big family. Okay. And so I feel most at home when there's noise. Mm -hmm. It's in that moment when there's silence that you know there's something wrong. Yeah. And so it means so much to hear the kids in the backgrounds. And I think sometimes parents are embarrassed with sounds, but it means so much to me to hear it. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. Hearing kids in church is always... Always fun. Don't worry about telling them to be quiet. They're oh, welcome true. to let their voices be heard during these in that time. So very true. And the church is very outgoing. Uh, both churches are uh, very willing to help uh, community lords pantry, help mm-hmm. with uh, community activities going on as ELCA. I think a lot mm-hmm. of ELCA churches are the same way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it largely economic based? Is it largely agrarian still? Largely agricultural? Oh, that's a great question, uh, because I, the easy answer would be to say yes, but I know we are supplemented with the coal yep, industry. Yep. I was going to say, there's a little bit of mining up in here that people would be... Yeah, but it's just over guess. at Underwood. It's yeah. actually, you'll see the lights yeah. from St. Olaf. At oh, night. you can? Yeah. Of the drag lines and stuff? Yeah. Okay. And you can, uh, a lot of people get part-time jobs. Yeah. Where I think it supplements their farming habit yeah. <laughs> is working for that, but yeah, the uh, coal money really helps. Yeah, uh, keeps our communities going. Yeah, yeah. So, so taking into account maybe both of the congregations as they do ministry together, what what are some of the things that you think they're facing as a church right now in this time? And and we have to take I think with a grain of salt in this day and age that we're in of. We live through this global pandemic that's the first one in a century at the level at which it was. And, and we're still kind of figuring out our feet coming out of that, I think. Um, yes. I think the church is. I think society is. Um, but so if you put these two churches that have been in this partnership relationship for generations now, um, I think you told me once that it was like since the mid-80s that they partnered up, right? Yeah. Um, so predating the ELCA even. Um, what are some of the the, the, the challenges that they're you're experiencing or that they're, that they're facing? What are our challenges? Um, <clears throat> I have to say that I'm a little bit at a loss because I'm very much an optimist and yeah. I try hard to see the blessing of every day. And even in the challenges, there are blessings. Yeah, yeah. Um, being in the town of 90 people, you're always aware of our older people are getting older yep. and... We've been blessed to have young families. Uh, the incredible gift, and I'll say this as a gift, when you're such a small church, to have a death of one member is such a significant loss. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a gift that we experience that as a significant loss. It's a person that doesn't fall through the cracks. It's a person who will be deeply missed. Across the community. Oh, definitely across the community. But yeah, when I was t- introducing you a little bit to St. Olaf, of uh, it's like when I was saying, and this person is in charge of welcome, yeah, this yeah, person yeah, is yeah. in charge of this, and this person is in charge. Everybody's in charge of something in a, a small church. And <laughs> so, and, and when we lose those people, oh, it just hurts. And um, we will never be able to replace that person. We'll try to do our best and find somebody who offers similar gifts, but. Every member in a small country church is irreplaceable. Yeah, yeah. 
And I definitely felt that today when I was with them. I definitely felt that that connection, deep connection that they have to one another and to the ministry that they're doing together as a church. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. So. But I think the problems we have are probably the same problems that every church has. Economics. Yeah. Um, we're always watching every penny that comes in. We yeah. need to. Uh, we have to be, be very prayerful about our budgets. Um, we need to always challenge ourselves for a way we can reach out in the community. We can never just sit back and think people are going to come to us. Yep. Um, yep. Always trying to find creative new ways to do ministry. I will say that as a pastor, but I think people like our set traditional ways and don't change them. Right. <laughs> so there right. is that. There's a rhythm to being a Lutheran that yes. is important and good. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is very true. So, so you talked a little bit about the the, the young people coming into our saviors in a yes. town of ninety. Yep. Um, where what is that? How is that changing? How is that being seen as an opportunity for what you do in the community and how you engage the community? What do you think God's doing with that? What is God's doing with that? Um, <clears throat> I tell you, it's kind of scary for us as a church. We've had so many youth that we had to build the new addition is for the three Sunday school rooms up yep. there. And yep. that has really helped in not just the Sunday school rooms, but now that's a more of a central gathering spot for funerals and for different things in the life of the church up there. Beyond you guys, though, from what it sounds like. I mean, where the community uses that space for yep. things. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's how we designed it too, so that anybody, it's handicap accessible, it's um, very easy to have access to. Yeah. But, uh, man, that's a good question. God has blessed us. Because I also have that problem now with St. Olaf. Um, We, for about a year or two, I would say we were becoming an aged congregation. Yeah. There weren't a lot of young families. And it wasn't until about a year or two ago when we had the preschool kids do a special music for us. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I counted and we had 17 preschool kids. Holy cow. And I had to pull Waldo Lustrum as the president of St. Olaf, or he was, and said, where are these parents? We got to be working (laughs) at this. Because they're coming to Sunday school, but we're not seeing them on Sundays. And we need to, and I think a lot of churches have that problem too, but uh, we, these parents need to know we care, yeah. and we are so glad they're here. Yeah, yeah. But we, you would have never have guessed if we didn't have them sing that we had 17 preschool kids. So, yeah, the life of the church is there, yeah. but you always have to be aware of your surroundings, I guess. That's part of the sacredness of this work, right? To yeah. know who those folks are, and, and, and I think the work of rural ministry is so much of being in the community. I mean... Yeah. We're recording this just a few days before uh, a celebration in McLean County called Turtle Days. If you've never gone, you need to come because it's a whole lot of fun and great food and great entertainment and just great being together as community. And, um, you know, I mean, St. Olaf is has a dessert set up or something for Turtle Days, right? It's on brownies the, uh, and Sundays. Yeah. We can, we'll give you brownies with ice cream yeah. and we make Sundays and it's a very popular booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's, if, if that's being the hands and feet on, in the community on a really fun day like that, of, you know, time like that as Turtle Days. You guys are also connected to the pantry, right? Yes, Lord's Pantry. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, some of that Trinity, our sister church in Turtle Lake, um, <clears throat> they did a survey and discovered that there was a great need for food in our community, that there were people who were actually hungry. 
And uh, so we've become very active as all the churches, the different uh, denominations in Turlake Mercer uh, also serve on that. And we take our months, and we are open twice a month, hmm. uh, second Thursday and fourth Saturday. Mm-hmm. And uh, anybody can come. There are no policies. You don't have to make a certain income. You don't have to give us your income. Yep. Readings, just come and take a box of food, or we allow you to take a shopping cart and go through and take what you'll use. Yep. 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 Twice a month. That's a beautiful, really, really great, great ministry and great opportunity as well. Anything else that you would like to share with us about what's going on or what you're excited about or what's uh, what's new on the central prairie of the Synod? No, it's... What am I excited about? I'm excited about everything. I love my job. Yeah. I love the people <laughs> I get to out serve. <laughs> I love the people that I serve. Uh, I have found two churches that are very creative in facing the challenges around them, who, if I had a major problem to face, I want to face them with the members of St. Olaf and Our Saviors, because we may not have the answer. Um, Oh, good example. (laughs) We have a refrigerator at Our Saviors. We're in the basement of Our Saviors right now. And one of the refrigerators has a tendency to break down every so often. Okay. And so we took a break from council and we Is went Is it the old in, 1950s one that I can well, yeah, see? Okay. See. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, so we have an engineer. We have many really good farmers that are very smart and run big operations. And so we're taking this thing apart. And I haven't laughed so hard and just had so much fun with all these people trying to give their input and what to do. And uh, after about 45 minutes, we had to put it back together and it still didn't work. But, uh, boy, I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. And uh, <laughs> Is it working now or not? It is working okay, now. Good. I'm not sure how, but it is working. But, yeah, you will definitely laugh your way through your problems. Yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. Well, I, th- I think you speak to the truth of, of people of the prairie long before European settlers homesteaded on the prairie had that ingenuity, uh, uh, let's figure it out kind of spirit. Yeah. Um, attitude, um, way of life. And for those of us that have been out here for our lifetimes, we see that over and over and over again. I mean, I yeah. remember my uncle on a dairy farm in Logan County watching him with a roll of duct tape and a couple of pieces of wire <laughs> and a screwdriver. He could fix just about anything. Yeah. It seemed like at least, you know. <laughs> so I think there's a spirit in that community in which people live out their faith that, that we're going to figure this out. You know, God is faithful. God's good. God's with us. Yeah. We'll, we'll, tomorrow will be a, a new day that we can give thanks and, and praise to God and move on. And that's kind of fun. Yeah. Appreciate you, Pastor, and all of the ministry that God does through you in this place and with these people. It's a gift, not only to these two congregations, but also to the Synod and the Church. And I'm very grateful for that. So thank you. Thank you. And thanks, thanks for being with us on this edition, this episode of this uh, little experiment of a podcast that we are doing in the Synod. So... I think that people are going to be blessed by your comments and and the conversations that are being had. So any chance that we can invite you to close us in a word of prayer for the Synod and for our churches? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Gracious God, we give you thanks for this place that we call home. Uh, It is so beautiful to us. And we're reminded every day of your blessings from the rain and the sunshine to the prairie flowers and the prairie grass. 
from the changes of the seasons that are absolutely beautiful. And at this time of year, we are so mindful of the farmers who work so hard haying and those who one day are praying hard for rain and then the next day praying hard for sunshine. We thank you, dear Lord, for helping us and walking with us and being with us with every challenge and with every day. We pray for the ministry of Western North Dakota. We pray for each and every country church and big city church ministry. We pray, dear Lord, that no matter where we find ourselves, that your will would be done and that we may see you at work. Thank you, dear God, for the blessings of this place. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Randy. Blessings to you as you continue to serve in this place. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Unexpected Surprises, the podcast of the Western North Dakota Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And we give thanks for the Mission Endowment Fund of our Synod, which has supported this uh, podcast ministry of our Synod. For more information on our endowment funds or on anything happening in the Western North Dakota Synod, visit the Synod's website at wndsynod.org. Thanks again for joining us today, and we'll see you again next time.